Hello and welcome to the last episode of Best of Five. Esports is dead. Esports has killed the FGC. Street Fighter Five is no more. We won't see you next week. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Just kidding. This is Best of Five weekly FGC talk show where we talk about tournament results, tournament happenings, other uh, you know topics of conversation, general FGC goings on. Exactly. This is Michael Donka Schiller. He made top thirty-two in Marvel one time. Wow. Uh, joined as always, we have John Velociraptor Guerrero. He writes for EventHubs.com. What a winning smile. We have Steve Ace King Offsuit Jurek. He writes for the Tekken World Tour, and he's very good at uh, inconspicuously adjusting himself so that he fits perfectly in that box. Thank you for that, Steve. Guys, we have a lot to talk <laughs> about today. Um, I almost, uh, I'm not oh, sure. Man. It's like, what a bomb dropped. Um, with respects to, uh, of course, the elephant in the room, which is Mike Ross's AMA, where uh, he uh, divulged how he truly felt about a lot of things, including Street Fighter V, the scene, esports, um, his time at Twitch and why he left. And uh, I think all four of us know him or have met him personally. Uh, so there's like a fine line between you know being respectful of a friend or an acquaintance. Uh, some people are closer to him than others. But we do want to talk about it. He is an extremely relevant voice. Um, I thought what he said had a ton of weight to it. Um, and we're going to be discussing that, among other things. Oh, yeah? Uh, anything else you guys want to preface before we get into uh, our typical run of show here, which we'll start with a recap? You know, I, we'll touch on it later, but I think that if you look at not just that, but a couple of the other things that we'll touch on throughout the week... Um, it, it, it sort of led into this big conversation. That was really the tipping point. But I think we were starting to hear those things uh, because of some of the other things we saw at, you know, the exhibition with the final round news. And we'll touch on all of that later. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, and maybe there's like a, something in the air with respects to uh, we have been on an upward trajectory in the FGC, but now it's like some things are coming into question, and then you see tournaments like Final Round saying that in the last year, and you're like, damn, wait, where are we? Is this a healthy scene or not? And we'll be going into that and other things, but first, uh, no more doom and gloom. Let's talk about the fun things that happened over the weekend with a recap. Steve, why don't you kick us off, pal? Yeah, busy weekend, even though there was only one event that was part of the uh, Tekken World Tour and the Capcom Pro Tour, you had a lot going on. Uh, let's start with the Gfinity Elite Series. Uh, that was in its third week of the regular season. Uh, you see Excel doing it again with a 4-0 win over Hashtag United. Uh, Nordavid, Phenom's team pulled out a 4-3 win over Envious. Phenom actually pulled out three of those four wins. Uh, if you take a look at the standings, you see that Ares in Group B has already clinched a spot in the playoffs. Uh, big log jam right behind them with three teams tied on three points. On the others in Group A, you've got Envious and Nordavin on seven and six points respectively. Both of those teams in strong position to make the playoffs as well. Uh, let's go online to the stream.me War of the Gods. This was the season two finale. Uh, it was an online series of tournaments that let that was uh, run by stream.me. It led to this finale, and it was taken by Tweety, who overcame the number one seed Samij on his way 
to the title. So congratulations to him. He also won the uh, Combat Cup, which was a similar thing for Mortal Kombat XL uh, earlier in the week. You had a couple big Japanese one-off tournaments. Uh, The Rage Tournament, uh, Byakyo Cup, took place uh, just before the weekend. That was won by Tokido, taking it over Machibo in the grand finals. Nice little payday for Tokido, about $19,000 U.S. Uh, Not only does he get the cash, but he also gets a unique skin for uh, the character of his choosing. He is the only person in the world who will have access to that skin. Uh, That's a prize they've given out to uh, the last couple of winners as well. So pretty interesting to see that uh, prize. You also had the Tekken Pro Championships in Japan. The reason you didn't see a lot of Japanese players at the Tekken World Tour event this weekend, because they were here. Uh, Naroma, the guy who made a huge name for himself, on last year's tour, taking it over Hokkaido in the grand final, pulling up, pulling over uh, $5,500 for himself. So nice little payday for him as well. Then let's take it over to the big event for the weekend, Tiger Uppercut. Uh, as I said, it was part of the Tekken World Tour and the Capcom Pro Tour in Thailand, and Thailand got to cheer one of their own, Book taking it over knee in the grand final. What an impressive showing for him. Uh, And he was able to win because of situations like this. Uh, You see him eat a massive combo uh, at the hands of John Ding in the loser's final. Uh, 80%, which was ridiculous. But he was able to keep calm, keep his composure, and poke his way back with this nice, oh, so beautiful, um, so that was, that was a key moment there on his way to the victory picks up 150 points. The other guy I want to point out is Lovney from India. This is a guy that not a lot of people had heard of, but he knocked out Chanel to get to top eight. And he did that six up six straight rounds, which was ridiculous. And then in top eight, he eliminated the, uh, the defending world champion Kudan. So impressive, impressive showing for him. Uh, hopefully we'll see him at more events. Uh, and then you also had the Capcom Pro Tour event at Tiger Uppercut. And for the second week in a row, it ended with Tokido taking on a Monat player. This time it was Sako, and this time it was Tokido who took it in the grand final. Uh, Aziz, another player from a region we don't hear a lot of, Kuwait, even though we know there's a bunch of killers there. Uh, impressive run for him. He got third. Uh, Big Bird and Bonchan. Good weekends for them. Good performances. Uh, congratulations on flying all the way over. You each get one whole point. Wow, what a what a Oof. sick change to ranking events. Um, damn dog, I feel like that's kind of feeding right into the conversation that we're trying to have here. Um, that does suck, doesn't it? Um, it's a prestigious event, top tier talent. Um, so a lot of really good players eight. eliminated in pools. You had like the Grandmaster Ryu, a bow lost in pools uh, to our own Fubar Duck. Tons of <laughs> other players on that Shout level lost in pools. Yeah. It was a really yeah. strong tournament. And yeah, Fubar made top 16. K Brad looking, looking pretty sh- sharp and clean himself, making top six. 
Yeah, and um, and I mean, let, let's be honest, ten points doesn't really do anything for you either. So it's yeah, yeah. I mean, the leader right now, seven hundred. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's basically you either win or it's almost not even worth your time. It feels like certainly if you get seventh, you know, what one point. It, it might be a tiebreaker, but it's not going to really help you in terms of making any serious headway to qualifying, um, especially since, you know, it's looking like it's going to be around 700 to 800 points to reach Capcom Cup this year. So and I hear you. I 100 percent hear you there. Um, and and I agree. But I also want to caution people. We're talking about when we were saying like that really sucks. We're talking exclusively about players that are trying to get into the Capcom Pro Tour. And that's incredibly relevant. But it's also not the majority of players that go to tournaments. And and so I just wanted to put that out there that because um, because naturally uh, from this like little bit of information, the conversation might end up going to like, well, is anyone even going to go to these events if they can't even feel like they're going to win any points? It's like most people that go to these events aren't going to try to get in the pro tour. They're going and they would be more than happy with a single point. So they could say, Hey, I got, I got a point for the pro tour. Hey, uh, you know, I'm relevant or whatever, just joking around, showing their friends, showing their mom and stuff. But so, so I do agree that especially in the competitive realm, this might be an issue. And it's something that we should be talking about and seeing if it's the best route or not to be taking. But uh, also keep in mind that it's not affecting as many players as you would think off the top of your head. It's true, it's, well, it's weird, right? Because it's not affecting them, but I think the the air behind it and the attitude behind it from top players does trickle down a little bit. So it's like a lot of people shouldn't care maybe, but they do, even if they shouldn't. Yeah. But you're and totally yeah. right. And it's not even that. I feel like this is something I said three weeks ago or three or four weeks ago when the format was announced. The, this sort of change makes the entire event feel less important. You know, it, from a viewer's perspective, grand finals is really all that matters. Maybe top three, top four. Um, from a player's perspective, if you don't get top four, then really you're, you're spending an entire weekend getting, what, 10 points? Maybe even one point? Um, and that really undercuts sort of you, you don't want your events to feel less important. You want your events to feel more important. I, I, I feel like there's a way to emphasize premier events, which is what they appear to be doing, Capcom does. Uh, there's a way to do that without completely undercutting ranking events, and that's what I feel is a dangerous dangerous thing in terms of the future of these tournaments because if if it doesn't feel important you're not going to get as many big names and it's going to be harder and harder for these tournaments these smaller tournaments to survive these ranking events i should say guys we're going to have a substantive conversation about this here towards the end of the show after we get through some more of these topics but before we go any further during the countdown we had red mlk i'm sorry red milk not red mlk and unsung hero sub to the channel so let's give him a little Clapperoni there. Maybe claps. Thank you both. Thank you very much. We appreciate it greatly. All right. Um, again, we'll come back to this topic. There's a lot more to discuss and go into. And, of course, we'll have the context of some of the things that Mike Ross said in his AMA on our capital of all places. Uh, we'll come back to that. Hey, did you all hear that Killer Instinct is still alive? Hey, yo. Woo. Steve, what you got on this, brother? 
Uh, this has just been announced over the last couple days. The KI Ultra Tour is returning. Uh, there is going to be at least $50,000 in prizing that they've committed to. Um, they've announced $30,000 of that so far. $15,000 will be a pot bonus at Combo Breaker. And $15,000 will be a pot bonus at CEO. So, um it's going to be interesting. This is a game that isn't changing in the middle of the year. You know, unlike Tekken, unlike uh, Street Fighter V, you're not going to have these patches. This game is pretty much, it is what it is. So it's going to be interesting to see how many players uh, return to the grind, so to speak. Is anybody surprised by this? Um, I mean, it's not even, I feel like it's been two years not at Evo, right? So who is putting up yeah. this money? Can you repeat that? Who is who is it's, like sponsoring? It's the Kilgore community fund. It's the it's the community himself, themselves, right? Those that bought Kilgore, like a little bit of their money went into a, a big prize pot, similar to what happens with the Capcom Pro Tour special Wasn't DLC. Was it Kilgore like many months ago? It was it was a long time ago. They did this with uh, I think it was Shadow Jago, uh, a few years, maybe like in 2015, and um, and they had a huge response. It was newsworthy. It was a big deal. Um, a lot of money came in because the because the KI community absolutely supports itself. Yeah. It's like it, it sucks because the game seems great. They t they spend a bunch of attention to detail. Uh, they spend a bunch of time paying attention to detail. The music's awesome. The character designs are pretty awesome. The the way the game plays is is like a game made by fighting game players for fighting game players. Everything about it's great. And yet, it doesn't have enough following, viewership, something. Maybe it was originally on Xbox One, and that's the problem that killed it before it even got started. But for whatever reason, KI does not get the attention it deserves. And I, I'm part of the problem. I don't play it, but I, you know, I recognize it's a great game. Uh, it just, it just kind of sucks. So it's really nice to see that there's still some sparks for it. There's still going to be this relevant big deal tournament, and hopefully, people tune in. Um, and and really support it. And maybe if they do here, it'll have a chance at somewhere else and stuff. But but yeah, it's it's the the story of Killer Instinct is is ultimately kind of tragic, at least in in certain angles. But I don't think it's necessarily a tragedy. You know, this is a this is a scene that is still going. You know, it doesn't have a six figure pro tour behind it. It doesn't have you know infinite esports and TV uh, TV airtime behind it. And yet there's still people playing. There's still people who care about the game, still people who want to support the game. That's exactly what you want. You know, you don't want your support to be based solely on how big the spotlight is um, coming from the outside. You want your community to be able to to thrive, and that's what we're seeing with KI. I also want to see how far Garter Magic thinks he's going to get at uh, Combo Breaker, because I know he's in the chat right now. <laughs> I mean, I... You can't really say anything too bad about it. It's a community fund. Like, you can't really fault anyone, right? Like, I mean, it seems like the money would have done better, uh, like, six months ago or a, <laughs> a year, year ago, ago or something like that. But at the same time, I mean, it's it's what people paid for and it's what happened. So, I mean, good for them. I hope this revitalizes a few players who I know have moved. Because a lot of the KI scene has moved on to other games at this point just for the sake of convenience and for the sake of having people to play. So maybe this will bring some of them back, some of the names you liked, like Sleep and Nikki and all that, you, and you'll you, see them again. I want to see some Pink Diamond. I want to see some Rico Suave. Let's go. Let's get it. Yeah. Um, my, the closest I ever came to the KI community was, of course, in San Antonio for the KI Cup uh, held by Brandon Odinson there in uh, good old San Antonio. And I think I met Gutter Magic there, if I'm not mistaken. That crowd was going nuts. And not only that, I've, had, I've done my fair share of uh, sampling the separate fighting game communities, if you want to call them that, 
And um, I don't think I've ever met a more passionate one. And they were all so positive and happy to be there and a ton of good energy in there in that room. Um, I'm just salty that it was an exclusive to Xbox and not, you know, they didn't share the love. Because I think that actually uh, ultimately hurt it. It is out now. I think it's free to play, actually, on, uh, mm-hmm. on PC. So if you want to yeah. try it and get hype for it, you can for free. All right. Anything else to be said about the Killer Instinct and... Uh, I wonder if like the Marvel community is like, damn, if they can do it, we can do it, or anything like that. Or am I, uh, um, is my premise wrong there in that the Marvel community is still there going strong, despite they, they're, Capcom? They're, they're still around. I, I, you know, just because it's... I, I, and that's something that... It's an attitude that I kind of want to see go away. This idea <laughs> that if your game isn't in the top spotlight, if it isn't the headline event, it's dead. And you know, I, I, you know, you can ha- you can be successful and not necessarily be in the top two, top three of uh, turnouts. You know, yeah, There's I mean, it, it's beating a dead horse, but I mean, I, I think part of the thing with Marvel is that they're used to not being there, so it's a little different. I mean, there's some games where you play them and you're like, yeah, I know what I'm getting into, and I just think for a lot of Marvel players, this wasn't where they expected to be, so that's why mm-hmm. it kind of feels that way, but. Hey, speaking of Marvel, did y'all hear that uh, Disney didn't allow uh, their characters to <laughs> get beat up in the trailers? I is that confirmed? That. Does anybody confirm that? We got the closest it, thing uh, to an FTC journalist, my man, is right. You, is you, John. I believe the guy. It's Tyrant. He seems like a pretty relevant name in the scene. Has anybody, you know, definitively confirmed that, though, is what I want to know. Uh, we've chatted with Tyrant, and um, but I don't think I can really share much of what was what was discussed. So... Um, but but that's not something that we've chosen to cover on the site. So if that tells you anything, then sure. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but like, does anybody care about that, uh, or why do people care about that? I, it sounds it sounds more like something that's kind of like a, it's real juicy, right? It's great for TMZ. It's like, oh man, Marvel was being scumbaggy or or pretentious or something, and you can't show characters getting their characters getting beat up in a fighting game, and like. I, uh, I don't know. It's it's really nice little banter, but I don't think that there's much behind it. And I, and and ultimately, like I, I would be surprised if that was an actual move that was made. You know what I mean? So, I I think why people are kind of jumping on this is because of it. It's part of the narrative. I I keep saying that when it comes to Capcom stuff, the narrative. But it really is. It there's this question of. Well, did Capcom drop the ball with Infinite or were they undercut by Marvel? And here's something that kind of feeds the undercut by Marvel uh, storyline. Marvel you know? Disney in this case. Right, right. Marvel Disney, where the game is first and foremost a vehicle to prom- promote the the Marvel Universe and not necessarily be a great fighting game or a a great exposition for or great thing for capcom necessarily so you know this is one of those things where we might never hear the 100 percent confirmed truth i but. really want to hear that story i would love to have either even a combo fiend or a john d come on the show and explain to us what really went down the true hollywood story and tell the behind us the music yeah. the behind i the music. have gift- I have given some serious thought into starting a Kickstarter for, and get, like, Best of Bond on board, get, get Born Free on board, and just have, like, 
an hour long documentary on the making of Marvel Infinite, you know, three, four years from now, because <laughs> I think that would be one of the most intriguing stories you could possibly make. Uh, from this era in the FGC. Was it ever denied? I know that uh, we had Chris G after Battle of the Stones, or Battle for the Stones, throwing some shade at uh, certain people on the Capcom side, including John D saying that John D said, quote, fuck this game or something to that effect. Um, was it ever confirmed? A lot of people went mute after that. That's all I'm going to say. But but uh, So I'm not trying to litigate that. I'm just wondering, what the hell happened to <laughs> it have is a him arrive question. at that point, right? And we're just like, oh, God, if I could just forget this shit, it would be better. When there was so much excitement for this game, right? Like, how do you drop the ball that hard? And what a shame. That's, like, literally a black mark on the FGC, at least the history of Let's Capcom Let's just titles. let the people who enjoy it enjoy it. I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> and speaking of people who enjoy it, UYU has just announced that they picked up Cloud 805, <laughs> presumably to play Marvel, but also other games, uh, picked them up on their team. I think he's playing mostly Dragon Ball Fighter Z now. I think this is the signing that they were teasing uh, when they added, uh, uh, when they picked up uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, uh, team's getting strong, man. I mean, they're yeah. really starting to rival, you know, like, I mean, anyone else, really. I mean, they, at this point, could be the second largest, strongest team after... Echo Fox? After Echo Fox. Maybe Red Bull, too. But Red Bull is mostly only Street Fighter, so... As far as rounded, as far rounded. as rounded teams, yeah, this is right there now. And there's so what is there? Cloud Nine, Echo Fox, UIU, Red Bull, uh, Kinmas. I guess um, what was the one that F Champ was on? He was Splice. on Splice. Splice, Splice is gone. Like they don't have a fighting game uh, arm anymore. Uh, what other teams are out there? There's like PG. Liquid. I think they only have Infiltration right now, though, right? And then there's Liquid. They just picked up John Takuchi and then there's, and there's a couple like teams that are less sponsor based, like Gunfights Team. Atlas Bear has four very strong players on it, but I think that's kind of a different goal than with, say, Echo Fox or maybe Uyu. I have been hearing from people who work in the industry of esports, people who are not uh, your TOs, that are not your competitors, that aren't even really uh, originally from the FGC. Rise would be another one. Um, Thank you, chat. That that that, that uh, are telling me that there's a ton of like venture capitalists that want um, fighting game players on a roster, right? That they can slap logos on. They don't. And, and one of the things that I push back on or point out to these people, I won't tell you who they are, even though I mean they're not even FGC guys. Is um, I'm not convinced that there's return there in the fighting game community, That's right? Not Your what investment. Right, and they're like, Dude, I, they, they just want for like uh, bragging rights. I have the best fighting game player, and I'm like, or they just seriously? want the sponsor money. Well, what do you? I, I'm talking about the sponsors, not the players. Oh, the sponsors. Yeah, I have no idea. And that's that been is. going on for forever, though. Like even even before uh, we became esports or more esportsy, there's a, a million little like, you could get hit up by someone online on Facebook and be like, hey, yo, I really liked your play. You know, you want to be? I'll fly you out to this tournament. You wear this tag, and you know, you wear our T-shirt. And it would be just some like you know kind of thrown together uh, like a like a, a level below arcade. Uh, um, what is it? Empire Arcadia. What is it? <laughs> Triforce's team. The yeah. EMP. The EMP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and like that kind of stuff was happening all the time. And like these people weren't making money off of it. They just had some extra money to throw around. And they're like, yeah, I want to. It seemed more for status and prestige. And I, I got a few little sponsorships like that of teams that seem like they like they talked like they were going to go somewhere and they're building the biggest team or they're trying to build like the best team of online warriors. And they also send those out. 
uh, to tournaments. But the whole thing there really, really felt like I have extra cash. Let's do some status kind of like boosting and such. And it was never about making money back. Or maybe it was the super long-term investment. But even now, if you're doing this as an investment, you're like, it's still going to be a while before I'm seeing actual monetary returns in the green. So, so it, it's got to be about stuff. Uh, I'm going to give you this the, the quote from a friend of mine who, who I was referencing a second ago. I was saying, hey, there's no return in fighting games. So I don't understand why all these guys that you're talking about um, are wanting to put money in FGC. Quote, depends on who's funding it and why. Esports is soon to be past the hard scrutiny of return on investment and into brand ego funds. It's not something you'll make a return off tickets and merch or consumables, but if the people putting money in get their money another way or simply don't care as much as they just want to lay claim, then it's profitable for them, which makes it so for everyone. Of course, and it works out for some people, and right, and I mean, like, Red Bull and Monster, like, completely shut out all other energy drinks, and part of that is because they got into all these other ventures, right? Because there was a point where energy drinks were, like, there was a new one every week, and now, I mean, it's dead. Like, you've got, you basically got some killers in the energy drink scene, and part of it's because they, they did things like get into esports and get into advertising with Flugtog and all these other weird stuff they do. So, yeah. that's true. But I also Shout think that's not why Bull some of these teams are doing it, so, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> God, love Flugtog, dude. Got a Flugtog head right here. Um, all right. Uh, any other thoughts on that, gentlemen, before we move on to our next topic? Um, just off a si side note, uh, Kizzy K, he's teasing that he is no longer a free agent. So cool. he hasn't said anything about uh, who he's with, but uh, look for that uh, within the next couple of days, I would assume. Maybe a week. Well, who knows? Wow, anime players getting sponsored. It's something I am happy to see. Something I never thought I would see. Dude, you shouldn't have yeah. left. You shouldn't have I left. should never have left. But I am <laughs> playing. I, as I said, Dragon. I hope people will see me play Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I have been playing very hard. Speaking of anime love, anime Animevo is that the correct pronunciation? Anime Evo 2018 has announced their lineup. It's a lot of games, and there's some doozies on there, <laughs> um, and some real winners too. Can we just uh, ignore everything else on this screen and go directly to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters? Okay, so Kizzy is basically spoiled as Uyu, by the way, by Smash GG. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Apparently, his, his, like, uh, <laughs> his registration for, I guess, NCR spoiled his upcoming sponsorship. So, Well, shout out to that. Un unofficially, officially, congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, that is, as we were saying, and we one just of the best ones you can pick up right now. So UIU ain't fucking around here. Um, all right, back to this lineup. We have, damn, I don't even know if I can read all these. You want to help me out here? Okay, uh, we got King of Fighters, Garo, Mark of the Wolves, Poyo, Tetris, Puzzle Fighter, Yada Garasu, Catherine, Samurai Showdown 5 specifically, Guilty Gear Plus R, Gundam Versus, Vampire Savior, and a lot of other games. Dude, you got to read them all. Catherine. You got halfway through there. Okay, Vampire Savior, Gundam Versus, Tournament Fighters, Blaze Blue, T Tatsunoko versus Capcom, <laughs> yeah, really? Bro, it's in there. Uh, is that JoJo's? I think that's JoJo's. No, that, uh, no that is uh, Sailor Moon S. Oh, Sailor Moon S, of course. That? Who wouldn't have thought that would make it in? What's the bottom right? Um, is that Pokken? That's Ho Hotuko no Ken. Ho <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's HNK. They got Kohimi Enbu, Arcana Heart, Melty Blood, and Undernight in Birth. <laughs> You've can we, these, can right? we talk... <laughs> I, I've, you know, I haven't played Yadagarasu. I have played Sailor Moon. I mean, there's a lot of I, that's a lot of games. <laughs> All right, what do you want to talk about, John? Well, is there? 
So I know that the word anime and fighting games can be kind of like uh, off-putting and such. And then calling like, okay, do we call Dragon Ball Fighters an anime first off? Yeah, anime I game. think it's an anime yeah. game. So, so if you're J- Evo Japan, is it too much to have? I'm sorry, Evo Japan, uh, An- Evo. Is it too much to have overlap like that? Like to put that game at both both places, that and regular Evo, considering like it, how many players is it, it's going to bring Ball in? How well is it in anime Evo? No, right? No, no. And that's what I'm asking. Like, and maybe this you're is a very obvious not? answer. Well, they I'm didn't put X or it either. Yeah, right. So Which it's is just because the it's that like. Right. These uh, anime Evo, for those who don't know, these are some of the side tournaments that are going to be taking place at Evo. Uh, they're all under the collective banner of anime Evo, anime Evo. So you have, you know, your, your traditional anime titles, but you also have some of these bizarre side games that people are passionate about. They reach out and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. And they work together and make it happen. So you're going to see some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle tournament fighters at the highest level. Yes. Isn't that just, who's top tier? Is it Raphael or is it the shark guy? It's Raphael. It's Raphael and the shark guy. With his psycho crusher thing. And just cool. I can't can't wait to watch that 4,000 times. (laughs) See, Um, you say that with disdain now. But once you see it, it's I mean, there was a point where I was one of these guys who played like 20 of these random games at once. And I think that's a lot of the, the anime scenes. They have fun with it. If they can pull it off, why not? It's kind of my time. It looks fun. So, and yeah. I mean, you get some of the best moments there. There was, uh, I forget if it was last year or the year before, uh, with uh, Fist and North Star, someone got in the uh, infinite Doug combo, and the guy just dropped his controller. He reached into his pocket, pulled out a couple of bills, placed it on the guy's uh, controller, to see if see if that could convince him to drop it, he didn't. So he placed a couple more bills on his controller to see if he could drop it. Now, now my question is, who is going to start Clay Evo sixty three in the third director's cut with that's, all that's Clay games? No, but because I will win. Nobody's going to do that. I'm you should start it. it. I will start Clay it. Fighter Evo. <laughs> um, but you know, it here first e- e- Evo. You know, we're going to be talking a lot about Ichbush. You know, that's the rarest N64 game is the director's cut of Clay Fighter 63 and a third. I'll take your word for it. You should. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're talking about how esports is, is it good or bad? Did it kill fighting games? And obviously, yes, it did. But um, Animevo, <laughs> Evo has certainly gone more esports, if you want to say that. But Animevo seems like the most FGC event ever. A little hipster, a little uh, underground, a little, uh, you know whole lot of love for some smaller communities. I didn't know that tournament fighters had a community, but apparently it does. How do you guys feel about this event in the context of the grand scheme of tournaments and tournament structures and leagues and all that shit? Well, when you talk about it like that, it, it feels um, it's contrasted up against that esports like movement, right? And and so in that respect, it feels really good. It's like, hey, and also you know those of you that aren't. You know the the LeBron Jameses of of fighting games, right? You can be here too, and by that I mean like fighting game titles, not players. But it's like, yeah, the little guy gets some representation too, and they get representation at at least at the big stage event, you know. Um, and so it's not going to get as much attention as as the headliners of Evo and such like that. But it is an acknowledgement, and I think that's really important, especially especially in the context of 
you know, or in the in the current landscape and 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 you know environment that we're in, where it's like how negative and positive are esports and such? It's like it's good to have any kind of connections back to grassroots that are that are at least you know doable within the bigger picture of what you're trying to accomplish. And so I think that it's a, it's a really good thing. And you know what? If these games were to flop, or, or or this specific event, or you know the games within the event were to flop and not do well and not get a lot of attention or action or whatever stream viewership, that's okay. No loss, really. You know. So I think only good things come from this. The for me the big thing is. You know, not to say that the people going for um, to play uh, Street Fighter, to play uh, Guilty Gear or Dragon Ball Fighters at Evo aren't important, that they aren't doing it for the love of the game. <laughs> but if if you're coming out to Evo to body some fools in some Sailor Moon S, you ain't making your money back. I guarantee you that. You are doing it for the love of the game, and that's what's important, you know. Everything else about this is dress is window dressing, you know. The money is nice, great, you know, the trophies, all of that, stream numbers, all that's great. The core of what we do is that we love fighting games, we love to play them, and we love to face other people who love fighting games. And that is you're gonna see that at its core at side tournaments like this anime evo obviously they do a great job they've been running for the past few years um so yeah you're gonna you're gonna see some good stuff here uh i also want to point out that this is not a complete list of the games under the anime evo. <laughs> there's more well, than there, that well there can be people who reach out and say hey i want to <laughs> run this game you know i and, and they'll throw it under the banner too. Uh, there's also, I know, confirmed uh, not under the Anime Evil banner, but Angelic uh, from mm-hmm. out in Arizona. He's going to be running side tournaments for both Marvel Infinite and UMVC3 at Evo. So. God, that's so sad. <laughs> what do you mean? Just that Marvel Infinite has a side tournament run outside Jeez. of it. But... So, Wiz uh... did say he'd get medals. <clears throat> That was Animevo. On the complete opposite end of the spectrum was this esports arena event. Uh, it was the um, debut. Maybe the esportsiest of events and the least grassroots. The least grassroots, the least, most esportsiest, as you put it. Um, I mean, the only thing that would have made it esportsier is if they had like replaced Goichi and Sonic Fox with stand-ins <laughs> and just had two completely random people play. <laughs> that um, were escorted to their chairs by security. <laughs> You know, everybody here watched that? Dude, we all saw it. We all know what we're talking about. Right? Yes. I, I, I watched a little bit of it. You know, there was one key moment. Do you have the clip up? I sure do. All right. You see this, here, he uh, goes for the combo, and then he DH. I think he DHCs. I don't know. I couldn't see. And then uh, <laughs> I don't know what he got off the mix-up after that. Uh, it was kind of hard to see. but It was yeah. definitely a bad look for a brand new esports centric venue uh, when their stream was hot garbage. Of course, everybody was making jokes about uh, getting uh, Bifu Take You back in there. And I'm not <laughs> sure if it was really him, but he was like, y'all can't tell me shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh man. But, okay, I, I, I'm interested in your opinion. I, I thought it was entertaining what was, you know, viewable. But um, people were talking shit about a couple of things at this during this stream some definitely deserve to be talked shit about like the translator and we'll get to that oh god but uh so 
they did this intro video. Let's see. You know, they had that esports announcer. Let's see what Goichi and uh, Sonic Fox were up to in Vegas. Cut to a video of them walking around the venue that they were about to walk into. Be like, hey, this is cool. I like the chairs and the monitors. Um, <laughs> that one, you know, seemed bad. Uh, then they cut to a video uh, introducing Sonic Fox, which I thought was pretty good. People were talking shit about it. I thought it was well made. There were things I liked and didn't well like. Well-developed. So what people, some people were talking shit about, and I am going to bring it up, is the fact that he goes into coming out as bisexual and his friendship and how that helped him and coming out and all that shit. I'm sorry, I don't mean to diminish it, but all that topic. Um, people were upset about that. Like, oh, God, you're like hitting me with this... Uh, Social justice shit, and uh, you, 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 oh, that's you gotta, a, like, that's a stupid opinion. Outright saying that you don't care because they hit you with that is stupid, and that's wrong. Like, don't and don't don't infuse my fighting games with that uh, is social messages opinion. and overtly. However, I mean, I don't know. Yet again, if he wanted to say it, then that's what he wanted to say. I mean, unless they made him say it, I don't see what the problem is. That's fair. Um, Who sure, cares? they asked him about it, but the thing is, uh, so on, on some level, I'm like, listen, if you know, if you're if you're coming to this event, that's, because, yeah, someone said that's his story, and I agree. Yeah, I mean, exactly right. Story, but whatever what he wants is, to say. What I'm saying is, um, if if you know who Sonic Fox is and you're watching this event because you know Sonic Fox is, you already know that story. If you're new to it and you hear that, that might be like, hey, wow, what a cool, welcoming, interesting individual, and the community is welcoming. Yeah, I have no problem with any of that. There. I wish they talked more about the game and like right. their rivalry, and then like. Sonic Fox got like several minutes and Goichi got like 30 mistranslated seconds. So, so it was like... That happened right <laughs> after. So it's like, all right, dude, that was actually a pretty decently produced uh, little intro story to Sonic Fox. Now let's see what they came up with for Goichi. And they cut to him live in the studio God. with a presenter, Goichi, and a translator. And man, that was rough. My Japanese ends at like what I've heard in anime. But like even I could have a translated almost exactly what he was saying based on just like the few words he said, and b told you one hundred percent for sure that she was not saying whatever he was saying. <laughs> you don't have to speak one word of Japanese to know that he did not say that anything that she said. My best guess is that they they had the questions ahead of time, and since it was either a loud in there or for whatever reason she wanted to be extra prepared, she wrote down his answers to those questions and then was reading them as opposed to actually translating, and it was a, it was a mess. It was bad. It was awkward. Um, at one point, oh, man, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I'm thankfully it was a small thing, but, like, it could be, like, because he's obviously a really humble guy, and from what I gather and from what people translated, he basically said, like, good luck, I hope I win. And, I mean, she was talking shit for him, so that could upset some people who don't <laughs> want to come off that way. I, mean, I don't think it was – it didn't end up being a big deal. I doubt he cares that much. And it was broadcast to FGC people, but I mean, that shouldn't happen. I mean, it just shouldn't. All right. So um, then we had uh, uh, Chris Matrix and uh, Yipes doing the commentary. They did a very good job. I think that was the best part, probably. Yeah. It certainly saved it. I wanted to see. I kept waiting for a cutaway to like Justin Wong in the in the audience or something. Like, show me the FGC reps here, because obviously they were doing a bunch of esports events. They had, I think, uh, Rocket League right before it. Um, how did you guys, just any more opinions, guys? What did you think of this uh, endeavor? Should we cut them some slack because it's their first time? Maybe they're, you know, ironing out the kinks or whatever? I, I think what this is is an example of, uh, it's the sterility of, of esports. It's the thing we're afraid of, right? When we talk about the negativities of esports, it's like, 
this is super processed and mechanical and and you take something you know similar like a, an established sport right like like football and you have all this following and then you can pepper in like you know highlight the emotional stories and these goofy little side things and all of that other stuff they're trying to expedite the process by doing what's what works in other already established ven, uh, you know avenues and put it on on fighting games and we're just not there yet, and it just very clearly isn't working yet. Um, and and so you can see them trying to be all heartfelt and and intricate and emotional, and it just doesn't. It, it just super doesn't work, right? Because because it's not there. They they haven't done their homework. They haven't really dug in and, and found out what makes the fighting game community tick. And so you're seeing their failure there. Um, and and the bigger picture of this is, well. Are they going to see this, see how the crowd reacts, see what you know people are saying? And, and obviously most of the FGC is kind of negatively reacting to this and go, okay, we need to kind of do some course correction, figure it out. Or do they go, you know what, it's not worth our time, whatever, we'll move on to a different, you know, different genre of esport or or away from esports altogether. No, probably won't do that. Probably just another <laughs> genre. Right? But but you go like I don't know. But they really did fail to capture the essence of the fighting game community, understand what makes the fighting game community tick, and then, and then you know, use that to their advantage. And the only realistic things you really saw was the gameplay itself, which is fine, good. And then, of course, Yipes and Chris Matrix commentary being straight out of the FGC, exactly what the FGC was expecting and hoping for and looking for in entertainment, um, at least in the avenue of commentary. And, and those are the parts that, the, the parts that shone through really well. Yeah, it'd be tough for esports arena to walk away from esports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, by the way, Goichi won ten to seven. We should probably mention that. Well, we're we're, 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 we're going to get to that. We were going to get to that. And uh, he claimed, or, or Sonic Fox claimed, that his controller was fucking up on him, and uh, then he had to switch controllers. The new controller was stiff. Blah blah blah. Is that a complete option select cop out, or do you think he actually could have beat him? Has controller not been? Uh, I have no idea. I'm not. I think that part of it comes from like he is so unused to losing. You can tell it just fucking but kills have him. You ever I mean, heard you him can come tell. Like, come up with a John like that. Eats him alive to lose. Like, and I, I like that. Like, I think that's cool. That yeah. But I also, I wouldn't have talked about it even if it's true. I, I think it's like it doesn't help you to say anything about it. But I mean, oh well. Okay, the parts you did see, it was seven to ten, as Steve pointed out. I, which at was the better end, better result. It, what you will say is once it gets to 6-4 Sonic Fox, obviously Goichi wins like, you know, wins the last six out of seven, and it was free. I mean, he destroys him at the end of the set. Like, most of them are OCVs. It's not close at all. So maybe it was. I mean, I have no idea. He claimed it was, but his, yet again, I mean, what can you do? His hit looked like... Uh, also, how do, you let your, how do you let your control run out of battery uh, before... A first attempt like that, but his hit was doing much better. You were talking shit about his hit last week. He did no. I mean, he obviously and apparently in like casual matches they were playing at Justin's house. Goichi admitted openly that Sonic Fox was beating him mm. and like pretty convincingly. And this set was obviously a lot closer, so I was wrong about that. Sonic Fox obviously improved. Goichi said a lot of like from the heart, really good things about Sonic Fox's play, and it was a lot more competitive. Um, I guess on the topic of the thing as a whole, this thing was kind of doomed to fail. Um, as soon as they announced it, 
people were already like, why the hell are they playing again a week later? There's been a meme about how like the ticker at the bottom said for the third time this week, Koichi has beaten Sonic, <laughs> which I thought was, that was actually the funniest part of the esports production and probably the best part they did. So shout out to them for that. That made me laugh. Um, but I mean, this had to have been like perfect for it to have gone over well with people and it was just the opposite. It was pretty lame. It was pretty much every bad esports trope we have at once. Uh, the gameplay was good, the commentary was good, everything else was not that good. Um, honestly, if you look back throughout fighting game rivalries, and if you look back at exhibitions we've liked or tournament matches we've liked, most of them haven't been that produced, or if they were produced, were very internally produced, right? Like, Komodo Michi is Daigo's thing. Daigo does the interviewing of the players. In those pre-things, Daigo is the MC. Giuna is like the English MC. These are all FGC people, and that's what we like to see. When you throw a bunch of names we've never seen before and translators we've never seen before incorrectly, you know, interviewing these people or doing it poorly, it goes over really badly. So I think the, the lesson to learn... no one wanted. Exactly, the rematch <laughs> no one wanted yet. So it, yeah. if there's anything for these people to learn, it's that if you want to do this, like, at least reach out and grab, make the faces the people who are already there. Because we appreciate that and we care about that. People have been bringing up E-League a lot. E-League had Sejam, Rip, Tasty Steve, all these guys that we cared about. If you want to bitch and moan about yeah, Richard and Lewis, I have, so probably, it, I have plenty but... of problems with E-League and plenty of things I loved about E-League. But at least they got that part right. And yeah. I, I do think if they're going to have someone sit there and interview Sonic Fox, maybe it should be, you know, maybe like a Japanese... Uh, anime god interviews Goichi and like an English anime player interviews Sonic Fox. I think that would have been a lot more interesting. I think the one thing we need to keep in mind is that everything points to this show, this exhibition not being for us. It wasn't but, for the... It, it, how how it could was it not for, be? It was for the esports audience in general. It was... Yeah. It had all of the... You know, those interviews, uh, the, the package on Sonic Fox, it was all meant to catch people who aren't necessarily invested in the rivalry already, who don't know what's up between them. Um, I, I, I just, I'm just kind of glad that we got this after final round. Yeah, because totally. Remember, final round, uh, that exhibition was scheduled after this had already been agreed to. Mm. It hadn't been publicly announced yet. So imagine how we would be acting if this was the first time these two faced and, you know, this was the result we got. Not necessarily the score of the match, but, you know, the stream quality, everything else. It just, let, we kind of dodged a, a bullet. <laughs> let, let, let me get a quick roundup of opinions, then we'll move on to another topic. Um, Putting something like this in Las Vegas and basically putting on exhibition matches and stuff like that as a, as a new venue for something that we would stream and enjoy and watch. Any thoughts on putting that in Vegas um, within the greater context of esports, right? Any, any, any thoughts on that? Like Vegas specifically? Vegas specifically. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think it's necessarily a great thing. Well, you know, we talked last week about gambling, right, and putting money on it, and now you're putting it in Vegas, and we talked about some of the potential pitfalls, which may or may not have already happened. We don't know, right? Um, but we, we already have Evo in Vegas. We already have other esports events that take place in Las Vegas. Adding a specific venue for esports doesn't really change that. I agree. And, Fair enough. Okay, and then the other thing I want people's opinions on, 
Goichi called out Leffen as his next target, um, which I was... What? You didn't hear that at the end? No, I did. Le- I, I want to point out, Leffen actually won Wednesday night or Thursday morning fights. I mean, he will God, absolutely. Uh, if, if you want to donate to my future house fund, please bet on that <laughs> match with me. Like, please, investment opportunities? Any, like, literally, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds any amount you want. Please DM me. So You, you don't like the Swedish company? I mean, and and what? Although I will talk about Leffen. Leffen did win Wednesday night. He's quite good. Don't get me wrong. I think the I think the level difference isn't that Leffen's bad. It's that those two are way above Wednesday night fights. But uh, you know, he shouted out the fighting game community, and everyone seemed to enjoy his presence at Wednesday night fights and liked him coming out. And he said that the FGC was like very welcoming of him. So I feel cool. like we don't deserve Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, it's doing so much positive bringing people together no one wants to shit on it right so it like it kind of makes everyone more positive so it's cool um all right any other final thoughts on uh the esports arena set before we move on to some less exciting news which is final round larry dixon announced that uh that was the last year potentially steve you want to kick us off with that uh yeah you know uh final round has had some struggles we talked about them specifically after uh final round 19 the first one uh, of the street fighter 5 era um they went into a new venue uh the atlantic convention center uh for the last two years uh hope in the hopes of you know creating a new better um tournament experience uh unfortunately after everything was done uh larry dixon aka shin blanca the head to uh he took to facebook for sort of a post-mortem of the event and he touched on retiring uh of ending the final round uh series and we have a quote from him uh from that long post and he said quote unfortunately We have never recovered our attendance from the social media witch hunt from Final Round 19. While I've taken responsibility for everything that happened that year, and I understand why attendance dropped, uh, he went on to say, I thought last year was a great step in the right direction, but I guess I was wrong, as we had less competitors this year than last year, and we lost two-thirds of our total attendance from Final Round 19 to Final Round 20. I went outside my means to get a bigger venue with enough space in one room for everyone to be comfy. I love the venue, but the size of these past two events don't doesn't warrant that size. Yeah. Um, I'll give my I, maybe people have more positive takes for it later, so I'll give my you know like my take first. I've been to I guess two or three final rounds from final nine. I think they were like 19, 17, and sixteen, and they all sucked. They were terrible tournaments. They were like some of the worst tournaments I've ever been to. But, but and from what that, I understand, right? the first How sixteen were just as bad. Um, What's terrible? They about? were just poorly run. I mean, everything was late. They were unorganized. Uh, the space seemed wrong. A lot of the volunteers were obviously like not in tune with what they were doing at all. Um, a lot of volunteers it's didn't a show up. Traditional it's, it's, old it's school fighting traditional, game traditional old school fighting game event. Uh, that being said, I heard the last two were a lot better, and I don't think Larry's a bad guy, and he's definitely from the FGC. He was a, he was a great player at one point, you know, playing, uh, I know he played Alpha 2, I know he played Super Turbo, so I mean, no, no, no shame to that guy at all. It's sad that Final Round 19 was, and I will say it was really that bad. Like, it was bad enough that, like, you understand why 20 went so badly. It's upsetting to me and sad that if 20 went well, which apparently it did, and 21 went well, that it can't continue. And so um, 
I'll give that to him. Um, but I understand why it happened too. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it sucks that it happened, but I get why it happened. And hopefully yeah. Atlanta and hopefully Larry himself will be able to figure out something else in the future because losing this is, I mean, for a long time, this was the second biggest tournament after Evo. It's not anymore, yeah. but at one point it was. This was the second premier fighting game tournament. And when I started playing fighting games, it was one of like the five events people would call majors. So for all I just shat on it as an event, I hope they can do something back because it was important. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't say it was was it was well ran or anything like that because it wasn't. I'd be lying. Yeah, there's there's an absolute legacy for final round, and and I, I mean, I almost liken it to to a situation when we look at like you know Marvel versus Capcom and how it had such a legacy, and then all of a sudden it's come crashing down so quickly and immediately. Um, and and it's it's weird. Like we were talking about earlier, it's weird to see an Evo without. Marvel there, and it's weird to imagine a fighting game yearly circuit or tournament, you know, circuit without final round on there. But uh, I mean, in, in in this particular instance, yeah, it was mostly 19 being huge because of Street Fighter V, and then the drop off for 20, and and it was just a very unfortunate series. That said, though, um, I mean, I've I've been to quite a few uh, East Coast tournaments, and and it seems like. A lot of events like SoCal Regionals, like CEO, like Combo Breaker, and others have risen up with the times and the standard of a tournament. And then a lot of these other ones just just haven't. And they've, like we were saying earlier, went like they're just these traditional fighting game tournaments where pools start super late and there's not enough space and and you know it's like. There's a lot of quality of life issues, which people used to be just fine with. It was whatever. Uh, but nowadays, it's like, no, the, the standard has risen. And, and and in some ways, these tournaments just didn't seem to, in my experiences, um, meet those standards anymore. And so combine that with the uh, the the problem of final round 19, 20, and then now this one. And, and the way, you know, like we talked about, the, the explosion of people coming into 19 and then the drop off for 20. Um, and, and it just... The equation it leads to no more final round, and it sucks. And like you say, I hope that something you know that maybe we can get off, you know, start a new a new leg of the journey for for Shin Blanca and, and and the East Coast tournament guys, and and keep things going. But I think that on the path right now, this isn't all that crazy. Uh, it's it's just what was inevitably going to happen. I am kind of surprised that. Uh, attendance didn't rebound. Obviously, after all of the issues that uh, took place at Final Round 19, there was going to be a drop-off. There was going to be a significant drop-off. But I felt that if 20 ran well, which, you know, it had issues, but it was much, much better than 19. And if other events at that first year um, of Street Fighter V had issues, which CEO did, you know, CEO's a, a tournament that was known for knocking it out of the park, and they had struggles this year. Then it would be easier for people to brush off Final Round 19 as a first-year Street Fighter V problem and not necessarily a Final Round problem. And I thought we would see higher attendance uh, this year. It's unfortunate that that's not the case because um, it's a huge tournament, not uh, for Tekken, for Street Fighter, um, the history of the of the Atlanta FGC. Um, and it's really unfortunate, but the other thing to keep in mind is there are so many tournaments out there now. 
if you have an experience like Donka did and you don't enjoy yourself at one, you know, are you necessarily going to spend your money going back to that one next year when you have literally, we're, I mean, and we've got really NCR good tournaments too. Like great. great. We've, we've got NCR two weekends after, uh, after final round. So if you have the choice of kicking it, you know, kicking it with the crew in Atlanta is nice, but if you can't do that, you also have the, the chance to kick it with the crew in Sacramento or Chicago with Combo Breaker or in Orlando or, you know, all these Texas tournaments popping up. There's just so many tournaments. Do you guys think there's actually too many? I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to NCR and I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll skip final round. It's not, it hasn't been my favorite. It's not the most user friendly. I'll just go to NCR, you know? And, and that was, that was my path. Maybe now that there's so many options, we can just be a little more selective, it's right? It's a really, I mean, it is. Cause even if you're not like a street fighter tournament, like per se, being on the pro tour is so big for your overall attendance. Right. And it's so big for whether or not people watch your stream. And then, yeah, like, they obviously wanted to get Pro Tour tournaments in other places. So tournaments that aren't necessarily proven or likely to get entrance got Pro Tour spots because they wanted to have a tournament in that country. So, yeah, I think there are too many tournaments now. And I think the good we're in a weird spot of, like, we had the blow up, right, with the Capcom Pro Tour being a big deal and it actually getting reception. So we got all these tournaments, and now we're slowly weeding them back down to the ones that that the community actually likes well, then and maybe supports. That's healthy to a degree. It has to happen. Tragically, you know, there's some it is who fall it is sad wayside. though because obviously, like as we just said, if you have a tournament somewhere, that's the tournament. They try not to overlap it too much, especially if a city isn't as big for stuff. So when when final round falls, Atlanta gets a gap, right? It gets a big gap. And sometimes it gets filled immediately. Like Keith said he was done with UFGT and Rick jumped in and did combo breaker. So maybe we'll get a combo breaker in final round's place. Praise um, be if we do. Question. And, and somebody brought up too many events, and we'll come back to that here uh, when we arrive at Justin Wong's response to Mike Ross's AMA, which is coming right up. But the question is, if you're a TO, is it worth it? Um, Probably not. You know, we, we were talking before the show between us that Combo Breaker and CEO are exceptions and they do a lot more than just a fighting game tournament. But damn, how far does that put you in the hole? And what if you don't get your return on that? And uh, man, it just seems like a risky endeavor. It, it can be a risky endeavor. I think a lot of people shoot for the moon. You know, when they come in, they expect to be at final round status. They expect to be at CEO status right away. You know, everyone wants to run a super major. No one really wants to run a smaller, uh, like a regional event, a, a, a high level local event. Everyone wants to be the biggest and the baddest. And there just isn't enough room on the schedule and there isn't enough money in the FGC to make that happen. You know, we all have limited incomes, limited time off from work or school or what have you. So we do have to make choices and there just isn't enough. There isn't enough to really sustain, you know, 15, 16 major, major tournaments in one country in one year. I, I think we do need to see, you know, I, I, I hate saying we need to see some tournaments go away, but I think the scene would be better off if some of these larger tournaments kind of pared back their scope a little bit. Totally. Um, all right, guys, let's get to the big topic. Our show tonight was titled Esports Was a Mistake. 
Question mark? Exclamation point. So we're oh. finally talking about Sailor Moon S? Sailor Moon S is... Uh, no, we're going to talk about the Injustice Pro League. Uh, oh, okay. Ed Moon teased that there's news coming soon. Good, good. Now, um, so let's see here. Mike Ross. Uh, I think that, by and large, one of the most uh, recognized, beloved... Purely loved. Like, completely unhated. So loved. Even though he would claim, because I told it to him once, and he was like, dude, you don't understand the hate I get. But, <laughs> I mean, it probably is just a bunch of haters, right? That wish they were Mike Ross. Uh, well, he's been out of the scene for a while. Um, and he recently, as in this past weekend, uh, put up an AMA, presumably to, or, or under the guise that uh, he did not want to be asked anymore where he went, is he okay, why, why did he leave, what's going on. So he's in an AMA and he's been answering questions. And man, there were some bombshells in there as far as I'm concerned because this guy is so uh, beloved and his word carries a lot of weight. And we're going to go through some of that. Um, of course, uh, I mean, there's, he, he talked on several topics, but we can just, just jump in. Um, he had a response to the Capcom Pro Talk. And I, I just want to say before we get into yeah. this, the only reason we're talking about this is because he is this big a deal, right? Of course. Like, there is obviously no want or to say, I think most of us here are, are at least in minorly personally friends of his. So the only reason we're even talking about it at all, despite the fact that he obviously likes laying low, is because it is that important, right? So, you know, and it's tricky, right? Because how to navigate this without putting words in people's mouths? Right, and we don't want to do that at all. Stick to that, but 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 that being said, this really does paint Capcom in a shitty light. I think certainly. Um, so let's just go into it. So this is Mike Ross talking about Capcom Pro Talk, which was the show that he used to do on Tuesdays. Beloved, used to get a ton of views, um, and it was kind of an evolution of uh, Excellent Adventures, except uh, out of the Twitch Studios. Quote, I had proved the concept that a CPT Center talk show, Capcom Pro Talk, was something the community needed. After doing it two years, Capcom told me it was a waste of time as it didn't generate them any money. Their costs for this were zero dollars. This is what led me to kill the show. I spent money out of my own pocket to bring cool shit to y'all, but they didn't appreciate that, so fuck them. Um, and uh, is there a second part to that? No, that's, that's it. Um... I know for a fact that he paid uh, Flo out of his own pocket to have him be a guest, a recurring guest on the show. And I think to myself, isn't Twitch a multi-billion dollar uh, or owned by a multi-billion dollar corporation? They can't throw this guy some bucks to, to, to produce a damn show. I also recall they were going to do a, a Guile reveal stream and they locked him out of the studio. Like, I just felt like it was... I mean, it was when, he came on to, when he came on to our own show, he did it... Like from his phone because he couldn't get into the studio. So I was like, man, like partly, and, and Twitch is good to us, and, and there's people there that are that are lobbying for us and helping us out, and they full and disclosure. we don't even know if we can blame them or who to blame specifically Correct. at all. But but so. it does feel like, damn, did Twitch know what they had or how much Mike Ross meant to the FGC with the way they were treating him? Uh, before we move on to his next quotes, I want to pause right or there. Or Capcom, whoever is involved. I mean, right. I, yet again, we can't point any fingers, so we don't know specifically who did anything. Correct. Um, but certainly we can all agree that, uh, at least as it appears, Microsoft was not treated with the respect that he deserved uh, within the context of the work he was doing. Certainly not, and that's what I was going to get into, is that, I mean, this is a story of Mike. This isn't the FGC. This is Mike. This mm -hmm. is Mike was treated... like. You can totally understand, based on what he is saying, based on what he was doing, based on how much he put into this and how little he got back, why he did what he did. But I also don't want people to put that on the FGC as a whole. 
You know, you got to direct it where it's directable. Sure, sure. And there are some quotes that we'll get into here where you're like, damn. Um, Steve. How, should, how should I feel I, about my, you know, love for the FGC or esports, and et cetera? Go ahead, Steve. I, I just want to touch on that because I don't think it's necessarily just about, I mean, certainly this is about Mike, uh, uh, the story of Mike, but it's also the story of some of these entities associated with the FGC yeah. through Mike. I mean, even through this, you know, it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean uh, who who did it, you know, but there's that idea that there just isn't enough uh, that they don't have an idea of how important CPT is, the value that brought to the FGC, to the Street Fighter scene in particular. You know, that they still have some content that they're producing, you know, obviously uh, the stuff from Winter Stays On uh, that, that's been sort of their filling the gap. But I feel like there is an importance to having that sort of time where you connect with the community directly, you know. And I, I just feel like it's surprising that they didn't realize the value of that. Yeah. And I mean, it really sucks for him, right? Like, this is a guy that was and obviously still is like so real. He's beyond real, right? Like, and he always was. And this is a guy I DM'd before I was ever on a show or at a tournament and asked questions and he answered me, right? Like, this is a guy I talked to before I had any of the tiny amount of clout I have now. And he was always there to listen. And so when, when he's saying this stuff, it obviously sucks. And so obviously something really does suck for him. And I feel bad for him for that. And to put that much in and... Yeah. John, you got something before I go to this next quote? I, I just juxtaposing this against what we were talking about earlier with the esports um, arena and such, you go, man, I know it's kind of two different things because we're talking about like the esports arena people and then, you know, like Capcom and Twitch and, and the powers that be with Mike Ross's story. But it's like, man, if we could invest in our, our money and our stuff into this kind of thing, something that the, the community really already loves and with someone that we know can already touch the hearts automatically of, of the FGC, as opposed to this more sterile esports production that we saw the other night, uh, it would have been great. But I mean, obviously hindsight is, is 2020, so what are you gonna do? All right, next quote here we have from Mike Ross from his AMA. This is him talking about esports. Quote, the powers that be want esports to look and feel a certain way. I'm okay with that, but can't change any more than I already had to fit in. Fuck that. I'd rather be broken homeless on the streets than to suck dick and be something I'm not. Now, this is why I said it's him specifically, right? It's because he, he admits to it, right? Like, there are things that have to change if people want, if people want fighting games to keep going, right? Like, if you want... These people are already in there, right? Some of these people have already quit their jobs permanently to play these games. So they're going to be that good and they need to get paid at this point to be able to live and do it. So things do need to change. I mean, the question is just how much. It seems like to some people it's too much, but... I just want to, put a, to take a quick second to say people are saying, hey, Best of Five does it for free. We're not getting paid by Capcom. That is true. But um, we sure would like, you know, in, in fact, in full disclosure, I was going to say earlier, Twitch has provided sponsorship money for us and they have helped us out. Um, it's not ongoing. And they were very laissez-faire and awesome about it for us, too. So, I mean, that's why I... The, the, the point is, uh, yes, it's a passion project, but it doesn't hurt and it, it, to feel appreciated. And um, we're nowhere near the footprint right. of a Mike Ross. Not close. Right? 
Um, we have 460 viewers right now. CPTs get 8,000. Why would you not support that? I don't know. Um, but we, Okay, so back to this uh, conversation here. We're talking about how you felt about esports. And this is going back to uh, what you were saying. Oops, that's the wrong quote. <coughs> um, we talk about NMEVO, and it's the core values of the FGC, and it feels so good. We juxtapose that with the Esports Arena Vegas exhibition, and it's almost like that's maybe I might be reading more into this, but maybe that's what uh, Mike Ross is like recoiling from. Who knows what else he experienced uh, with respect to, to arriving at this decision? But you can, s I feel like in those two examples, you can kind of tell. Uh, some of those things about esports that, that make his skin crawl a little bit. If I know anything about him, I think part of why he's coming out now and part of why he's saying this now is so he can help prevent it for the future. And also, obviously, as he said, so that people stop asking him the same fucking questions. Yeah. Um, okay, Mike Ross on the current state of the FGC. Quote, I had to break from the FGC because I don't recognize it anymore. FGC to me is different than what it is to you. Y'all didn't show up till maybe 2017, 2018. So when you ask me about the FGC, we aren't even in the same league of thought. Are there really a ton of 2017ers and 2018ers? Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm a little bit confused by that one. I, I feel like this particular uh, uh, quote of his, I, I mean, a lot of this comes from a place of frustration and anger. And a lot of it is legitimate. Absolutely. But I mean, and, and I mean, this is just a single quote uh, and it's not a back and forth. It's just one thing he said in the moment. I mean, maybe you could say some of this as being a little bit over the top or a little bit dramatic or a little bit general when he says, you know, you, the FGC don't know. And I would caution people of like, you know, feeling uh, overly offended or anything like by this because it's a little bit general. I think the whole point he's trying to make here is that his view of what the FGC was when he first got into things was different. And as he grew and became the face that he did, uh, obviously he had a little more insight than the average person that he could see a lot more of the goings on, a lot of behind the scenes and whatnot. And his view of the whole thing just became, uh, he probably saw that like sterilized white hallway kind of, you know, everything has to be this way and there's no humanity left, no grassroots left. We want to regulate every last little thing. Um, and, I mean, he saw the corporate side of it is, is really what it comes down to. And something that a lot of people couldn't see. And so, um, I, you know, I've, I've focused on this quote. I think I used part of that as, as uh, the article that, um, that I ran on Event Hubs for this. And, and I just kind of want to, you know, look, touch on it that way a little bit and give it a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um, this is probably where he was coming from, and this is probably what he meant when he said that. All right. Um, this was, in my opinion, the biggest uh, hot take here from Mike Ross. Yeah. Street Fighter V is one of the worst fighting games I've ever played. This is no secret, but I held my tongue as I didn't want to hurt, affect any of my friends that were working at Capcom at the time. But now that I have no friends working there, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Part two of that is, what are they going to do? Blacklist me? LOL. Guess y'all won't see me in any of their esports teams, media integrations in the future, at least not for Street Fighter V. If you do like the game, more power to you. Anybody who's an 18 or will play Street Fighter V and be like, this game is fucking awesome or amazing, and that's okay to each their own. Um, damn. It's just, it's just you further show. Oh, you know what, Steve? Go ahead. You know, I, I, this isn't the first time we've heard someone from the quote-unquote old school uh, disliking Street Fighter V. And yes, it happens 
pretty much every game that comes out. You know, people, when Third Strike came out, people hated that. When Street Fighter 4 came out, oh, it's going to kill the series. This is stupid. And then we heard the same Street Fighter 5. The reason this carries so much weight and resonates with people, not just because there's a large contingent of people who agree, but because this was the face of Street yes. Fighter Five. Yes. This is the guy that Capcom put forward yeah. to say, man, look at Street Fighter Five. Here's one That's of really our favorite point. players. T- take a look how awesome this ca- game can be. And you have him saying that it's one of the worst fighting games of all time. That's a problem. The first time we saw the game was him playing with Combo Fiend on stage. And, like, he had CPT and, and so he on. He was in the wrong role the whole time. And that's why I feel bad for him. Because he's a real talk guy, right? He should have been the neutral third-party talk show host who could say, look, Street Fighter V fucking sucks, at least to me. They were, it, it's not like they were paying him. It sucks that that's not what he got to do, right? He was too early. He got hired by the company he didn't want to work for. And he's obviously, I mean, as, as sure as anyone can see, not a sellout. So... He felt like he was going in that direction, and it really, I mean, obviously, it hurt him deeply. Like, more than people are saying, oh, he's being a baby, but, like, clearly, this was, like, a huge life-hurting event for him. Like, it really sucked so bad that he took a step back from everything and from people in general to go that far. So, I mean, it matters a lot to him. So, I think going as far as to say he's being a whiny baby is ridiculous, and I hope he wouldn't do that. Um, but, yeah, that is, that's a really good point, Steve, and that's ironic and sad that he was the face of a game for so long that he obviously disliked. But, but, I mean, I feel like he fought the good fight, and he had patience and love for the Street Fighter franchise, and then talk about, like, the ultimate anti-shill, right? You know, it's the age of shilling, and people are suspect for their support of games. He's, like, saying, no. I left because I could not stomach that anymore. Again, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it kind of feels that way. And uh, Street Fighter V sucks. Um, any thoughts before we go on to more topics on this? Obviously, we're not leaving the topic, but there's more to say, but I want to give you guys a second to talk if you wanted to say anything there. You know, this is this is kind of the part that's getting a lot of attention. I don't necessarily know if it should be the part that gets a lot of attention because, hey, yeah. Street Fighter V doesn't... He doesn't like it. You know, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people we do know. like it, though, we, and I like it. A lot it, of yeah. people do. A lot of people don't. Whatever. That's not going to change. It's not going to change anybody's mind. Anybody who already likes the game thinks, oh, this is another old guy saying, you know, it's not like the old day. And anyone who already hated the games, like, okay, yep, this is this guy is speaking truth. I, I, I feel like the important parts are this idea that there's this great incompatibility between esports and the FGC. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but this is a man who has seen that probably closer than mm-hmm. most people you would uh, you'll ever meet in the FGC. So I think I, a I, big I, problem I, with what you're saying, not that yeah, I'm saying you're right. And a big problem is that Capcom is esports in the FGC, and it also creates and owns one of the games. And not only one of the games, but at least until maybe just recently, the game. And so for him to be esports, he had to be Capcom, but he disagreed with Capcom. Mm. That's a fight, you know. That's that's a that's an issue waiting to happen. 
what what I'm kind of getting from this is that like if you think of it as as a player can either be someone that like is is in it for the sake of playing you know and in it for like I want to go to my friend's house and play this game and that's why I'm in this and then it grows from there you go to events you you know you do more things in the community versus you have someone that wants this to work as a business right and Mike was very much the former and not the latter. And so everything came in with, you know, through the business, you know, scope and lens and such. And he's like, I'm not selling out. I'm not forsaking the core of what I want to do here to put on a face and make this work and make this make money in this particular way. You know, I'm not going to present this particular way so that we can make money because really I'm not having fun going to my friend's house and playing this game. I'm not having fun promoting this game as something that I love when it just isn't. And uh, and, and I think that we're talking about the role Mike should have been playing or the role that, you know, of, of the person that would be in Mike's shoes if it weren't him. And we really needed more of a business person given the way that Capcom wanted to approach things. I still give the dude props because... I feel like it takes a lot of balls to walk away from it, right? The dude was on ESPN commentating, commentating with uh, Seth Killian. He did the intro monologue for the CPT one year or the Capcom Cup one year. Like he literally was the guy. Um, and to be like, I had enough. I'm backing away. Like when how many people would kill for that opportunity, right? It's all relative. Um, and he made his decision, but um, dang. That's I mean, why it's like, it, well, what happened? It really shows that things need to be more transparent, right? I mean, I have personally, uh, like, as I said, I've had no ill things with Capcom, and I like Street Fighter V, but hearing this is obviously jarring for everyone involved. And a lot of people went as far as to say it was like, whoa, like, what am I doing? And I know Steve even said he thought about different things because of this whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's something that, kind of has gnawed on me for a while you know it gnaws on me uh it gnaws at me i should say every so often you know i do a lot of things you know obviously i write for tech and world tour i i make fighting game schedules i'm on here uh sharing my opinion um i used to write for dot esports and cover fgc uh for an actual esports website um i do a lot of things but i always wonder am i doing am i helping my point, I, I, I'm very much on the esports side of the continuum uh, in terms of what I bring to the table. You know, the, the idea of a point structure and, uh, you know, a, a season, a, a year long season is very much esports. And the fact that I was able to make sense of the CPT is really the only reason anyone ever cared about anything I ever had to say. So I, I have that bias in me. But my point of view is this, you know, the eSports approach, um, I, I feel it's important, but it shouldn't be the only thing. It shouldn't be the only approach to bringing people into the FGC. You know, if following players, following teams is a way to get a few people interested in the, the thing that I love, then great. Let's bring that to the table. If that's not the case, that's fine, too. Let's call in Ultra Chet. Let's call in uh, Yo! Video Games. Let's call in E-League. Let's take all these different approaches. Let's do all these different things and, and let people enjoy finding games for what they are. You know, if someone comes in 
because of the CPT or the Tekken World Tour, hey, and I'm they eventually here. like, you know, they like the game on its own. Great. If they don't, oh well. But at least, you know, I've done something to give people a chance to share, to enjoy what I enjoy, and to hopefully see why I enjoy fighting games. So I have a question. That's for you, really Steve. been my thought. When yes. you say, "Am I helping? Helping what? What's the endeavor? What's the mission? What, what what's the goal here? Helping grow the FGC, helping shape the FGC, helping inform the FGC. What is your goal? What is your mission? My, I mean, if I have, how, a how are you hurting? Is another way to ask it. To be perfectly honest. The way I think I might be hurting sometimes is that I'm contributing to the idea that the esports side of things is all that matters. You know, if it's not a big tournament uh, that doesn't have thousands of dollars on the line and doesn't have sponsored players at it, um, that we don't cover it here, therefore it doesn't matter. I don't want that to be the case. I don't want people coming away with that idea. What I want to do is simply... I want to I want to share my passion with the world and this is the way I'm good at doing that. You know, it's not the only way to do that, but this is the way I'm good at it. Hey, or at Steve, least good I'm enough to for it, Steve. I don't think you're hurting. I think you are helping and I appreciated your write-ups on Kappa back in the day. I appreciated your work on Dot Esports and I certainly appreciate the uh, schedules you do. I'm going to transition to this quote. This is a response from Justin Wong uh, shortly after that AMA dropped. Don't know why I wrote this, but this is what I'm feeling after I read Mike Ross Reddit. Mike, if you see this tweet, I just want to say I love you and hope you hope the best for you. All right, this is what he said. FTC back then was all about keeping it real, while today it's really about you better watch what you say. I wonder who he's referring to there. I still love the FTC the same as I did back in the day. The only time I don't like about today's FTC is that most players feel entitled that they deserve the world. I hate it so much. Hate's a strong word. This is why you will rarely see me at after-hour things with other players. I have a very small circle, which is why you guys call it Justin and Friends, but to me, they are the only friends that I can relate with when it comes to my personal life. I love you guys, though, and I actually do love Street Fighter V. Let's be real. If I actually do shill for Capcom, would I actually share my thoughts about some of the things that I don't like about the CPT? If you guys have any questions, thoughts, leave it in the comments. No drama. Let's have fun. P.S. There are too many events, and it makes rivalries too watered down. It also makes the excitement of... It goes on. Um, how do y'all feel about that? There's a lot to unpack there, and I'm not sure if it was a direct uh, answer, but he did say, I love Street Fighter V. He said, uh, I think he alluded to the fact that uh, it's it, the, the, the younger generation, maybe, it has that esports ingrained in their minds because they watch too much League of Legends or some shit. And now they expect I'm an esports star and I get everything. Again, I would love to know who yeah, he's referring to. It's all kind of an unfortunate part of like exploring a new frontier, right? We have like, and some of the esports stuff has gone well. A bunch of people in the chat who are hating on esports now are also saying that they like D League. And various things have worked out, and obviously Daigo got enough money to get a camera team and put on Komodo Michi, which we call grassroots, but at the same time, is, I mean, Daigo makes a lot of damn money from esports companies paying him to do it, right? So obviously they helped with that and they helped in a way that we liked. So it's possible, right? But it also sometimes sucks. And I think what Justin's referring to is a lot of people who want to be part of that money and aren't yet and talk about it all the time. And I see people say stupid stuff to Justin all the time. So I understand some of why he does what he does. Um, 
I hope it calms down a bit as we figure things out. As I said before, and I know Ultra David's talked about with like Riot and and League of Legends, like the fact that we have the creator of the game as such an integral part of the the people make like making the tournaments and stuff is a little uncomfortable sometimes. There's issues with that. It can work itself out, is what I'm trying to say. I think it can, but there yeah. will be growing pains. And and I think that it's really important for us to uh, you know something like this happens with Micross, right? And and it'd be very very easy to just go well. Esports sucks. It's obvious you saw it here. It, it killed Mike Ross away from the fighting game community, and 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 you could very easily and very quickly jump to that conclusion. I, and and like you were saying, Doc, it's like it's a time of of it's very early. We're we're growing. We're figuring it out. Esports is figuring it out. And to jump to a conclusion that says we should only be esports, we should only be grassroots, I think that that like that doesn't help anything because esports is here. It's very real part of everything that's going on, and it's not fair to just say it's bad, it's good. You know, it's like it's part of the equation right now. Let's do our best to communicate what we want out of it. Hopefully, they figure it out and they don't go too far to the left, too far to the right, and it just becomes a good, positive thing in the end. But like. I just I just want to caution people from just polarizing and going to one camp or the other that says we have to have it or we absolutely have to not have it. It's like, yeah, let's go through this. This is a growing process. Have an open mind. Have some nuance in your understanding of it and in your opinion of it. And don't just, you know, send out there to everybody else. Add to the conversation that it's just this one big polarizing thing. I think the other thing is that this period, these last few years have been have seen explosive growth you know esports in general has grown but also fighting games in particular and with that you have a lot of companies coming in uh to see if they can make either a quick buck or a long-term buck or what have you a lot of these organizations are are just trying to take what worked in other esports copy pasting it over to the fgc and it, it's very transparent that their their priority isn't necessarily the fighting game community. It's to uh, monetize the FGC, you know, in so so many yeah, words. That's a way to put it. Guys, uh, we're going to close out uh, by thanking Beaver for the win because he <laughs> sucks the channel again. And we have, we're debuting a new non-clap uh, gif with He-Man. I have the power. Um, guys, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, I feel wow. like it was kind of a downer, but uh, there's a lot to talk about, and you know there's a lot of passion, and we all care about, it, and we don't want to see it uh, be exploited. The community that we all care about. Um, we have competitors, we have fans, we have stream monsters, we have pop monsters here on this show. Um, people who make a livelihood up from it, uh, people who make a side livelihood from it. Yeah, and yet again, as I, I want to bring up one more time, like don't bring a stake and torch out to every single person who's got an esports dollar there because some of this is very legit and as we said for us twitch you know was great with us and and stuff like that has happened and you got to make sure you know what to hate on before you hate on it otherwise you're not helping you're hurting i want to say this before we go off the air so with that we do it next week we'll we'll block grab the dark soccer's costumes <laughs> yeah those are badass 
Um, Yo, and and shout outs to the uh, to the viewers. We broke 500 today. Yes. And I don't know Thank that we've you, necessarily boys. done that without and like girls. Maximilian or someone you know uh, uh, hosting us. And I know a couple of people have today, but but that's awesome. Thank you guys very much. much we hope you enjoy what you saw. If you yeah. don't, you can blame me. You know the ugly guy. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, all my fault. Specifically, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it's all Steve's fault, guys. I'm not even on the end. You know that that's how little I bring to the table. I don't even know where I am on screen. Uh, no, but seriously, thank you everybody who subbed. Thank you everybody who watched the show. We will. <laughs> what are you doing, Elon? <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, <laughs> bye, Steve. <laughs> Can you put up uh, the real? Disembodied Steve, Steve is better though. No, I like just I like just empty space. <laughs> oh, that's there's that too. <laughs> All right, guys. Again, we do this every week on Tuesdays. Uh, we like doing it. We appreciate your support. We appreciate uh, the viewership, and uh, hopefully we can continue to put on a good show for we're you We're also guys. now sponsored by Totino's Pizza Rolls, Capcom, and uh, we're not going to be talking about other games. <laughs> Holy Totino's! <laughs> all right, guys. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is the greatest game of all time. That's John Velociraptor. Go to writes for eventhubs.com. That's Steve Ace King Offsuit. Jerk, follow him on Twitter and read his stuff on Tekken The Pro Tour is perfect as is, and K Brad deserved one point. Fuck K Brad. <laughs> I don't know we why. Got 10, so we oh, sorry. That's I Michael, Michael Donka Schiller. Uh, he'll be competing. He's going to be winning your locals uh, in Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, I only go to locals now. <laughs> and I'm Efren. And I have the pleasure of being a part of the show with these uh, fine gentlemen. And Alon switched for us. He's uh, off camera, but shout outs to him. All right, guys. See you next week.